Hello and welcome back to the Higher Cost Podcast. And on today's podcast, I want to do another Truth of the Week. I believe this is Truth of the Week number nine now. And uh, before I get started, I just want to give a, sh- a huge shout out and a thank you uh, to everybody that's listening. Uh, as I've been watching the, the views roll in and the listens roll in, I've seen it's been in multiple countries. We have Japan and Australia and Switzerland and um, just Germany. And just it's amazing to see what God's doing. So I just want to start off by saying thank you. Um, and today, on today's podcast, I want to talk about the goodness of God and the fact that God is good. Uh, I actually ran across a story I'm going to read real quick um, online the other day. I was doing some research for a different project, and I ran across a story, and I just thought this kind of encapsulates what we're going to talk about today. It says, once upon a time, there was a man named David who had always been a faithful believer in God. He attended church every Sunday, read his Bible every day, uh, and prayed regularly. However, one day, his life took an unexpected turn, and he began to doubt God's goodness. David had been uh, working at the same job for over 10 years, and he had always been a dedicated employee. But despite his hard work, he was unexpectedly laid off. He struggled to find a new job and, su- and to support his family, um, but, he couldn't, but he couldn't understand why God would allow this to happen. David um, began to question his faith and wonder if God was really a, as good as he had always believed he was. He stopped attending church. He stopped reading his Bible. He felt lost and alone and he couldn't see a way out of his situation. But despite his doubts, God was still good to David. One day, while he was out walking, David met a stranger who struck up a conversation with him. The stranger listened patiently as he shared his struggles and doubts, and as he gave uh, him some, even some words of encouragement. Uh, God never promised us an easy way, an easy life, said the stranger, but he did promise us to be with us always, even in our darkest moments. Sometimes it's hard to see his goodness when we're going through tough times, but he's always there, working behind the scenes to bring about good things. David was touched by the stranger's kindness and wisdom, and he began to to see a glimmer of hope in his situation. He started attending church again and reading his Bible, and he felt a renewed sense of faith and purpose. And then, just when David thought things couldn't get any better, he received a call from his former employee, offering him his old job back. They had realized their mistake and wanted to make things right. David was overjoyed and grateful, and he knew that God had been with him all along, even with his doubts and struggles. He had learned that God's goodness is not dependent on our circumstances, but on his unchanging nature. I think this story kind of encapsulates what we're going to talk about today. And uh, as I was doing my devotions, this is actually two weeks ago, I ran across this passage. And it's a familiar passage, but I actually saw it in a different light um, in just how good God is uh, to us. And even in the times when we don't understand why God would do what he, he does or what he's doing, he still chooses to be good because that's his very nature. So the story comes out of John 11, and we have here the story of Lazarus. And obviously, we know from John 11, 11, 5, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So we know that these people are, uh, that these folks or someone Jesus counts very dear, and somebody and folks Jesus counts very um, uh, close to. And we know that from other accounts, he would stop often when he would come through Bethany and he would stop at the house and he would talk to them and uh, it wouldn't be long after this story that he would stop and eat with them and um, Mary would uh, wash his feet and so as we get into the story we see that uh, first of all uh, he talks to the disciples the disciples uh, obviously when they heard he was sick they come to Jesus and you know he says well let's let's just stay here and he, he stayed in the same place that says uh, for about two days, 
And after the two days, he says, okay, let's go. Lazarus is asleep. And of course, the disciples are confused. They're, they say, well, if he's sleeping, then we don't need to go to him. He's, he's fine. Um, but obviously, they weren't, they weren't very sure why. Um, even they were, I feel like the disciples were kind of confused as to why Jesus would ask him to go to him if he was asleep. So there was a little bit of confusion there, I think, from the disciples. But Jesus in verse 14 just tells him, hey, he's dead. Uh, and so Jesus comes upon the scene in verse 17, and um, he says, Then Jesus came, and he found that he that had lain in the grave four days already, that being Lazarus. Uh, it says in eight, verse 18, Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Uh, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then here we get into kind of the, now we're, gave the background of the story, now we're kind of getting into the story here of the dialogue between Martha and Jesus and Mary and Jesus and then Jesus and the Jews and uh, that were there. Um, it says in Martha, here's our first character here, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. See there, we have some faith. Uh, she gives. She does give faith, even though she she starts her her um, her dialogue with Jesus starts with maybe an accusation or what could look like at first glance maybe an you know an angry accusation. But really, as she was saying, God, listen, yes, I know you could have been here, but I know that even though you're here now that you, now that you are here, you can raise him again. And Jesus rewards that faith by saying, Jesus saith unto her. Thy brother shall rise again. So Jesus rewarded her faith, uh, even though maybe it seemed like she was upset, which she was, right? She, her brother had died. She was upset, and Jesus still rewarded her, her faith. But then we go to, to the dialogue with Mary, and um, in verse 32, it says, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in his spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto the Lord, Come and see. And then in verse 35 it says, Jesus wept. And then the Jews, and then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. So I think this dialogue is much like the last one, um, but you, I think you see a different part of Jesus' nature, and a different part of, of God's character here in this story. So at first you have... Uh, the idea that the God always rewards faith. You know, when we come to God in faith, whether it's um, maybe about somebody that's sick or whether it's about somebody who's uh, lost in our family or maybe it's about our, our own struggle, maybe financially, God rewards that faith. Uh, even He's good enough to reward our faith even when we sometimes want to question God and not understand why He's doing things. Uh, obviously, to the, both of the ladies, they, they don't understand why God couldn't have just been there. Right? Why, why weren't you just here? Why, why didn't you just come right away when we called you? But Jesus is good in the, in the idea that he gave both of the ladies what they needed, um, not necessarily what they wanted, right? They wanted him to be there right now. But what they needed was to see the glory of God. What they needed was uh, hope. What they needed was him to weep with them. And I think that's an interesting thought when it says he was grown in his spirit. It's obviously speaking of a, a deep <clears throat> unsettlement. He's unsettled. He's grieved. He's deeply emotional about this situation. And what always shocked me about that is, you know, Jesus didn't need to cry. He didn't need to weep. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. So why did he weep? 
Well, he wept for the people around. He didn't weep necessarily because he didn't know what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He wept because that's what Mary needed. That's what the Jews needed. That's what Martha needed. Uh, they needed to know that he cared. And um, in the same way, Jesus cares for us today. And when uh, people around us and, and folks you know, let us down and seem like they don't care, Jesus always cares. He's always there. He says, come unto me, and makes that invitation. He says, because I will give you rest. That's the reason we come to God. And we come to him because he's the one that can do what no one else can do. I think there's two modes of application here. One, that God always rewards faith. And number two, God always sees and hears and sympathizes with our tears. When we come to God broken and in tears, God sees that. And he's moved still with compassion. If we look at the things that moved Jesus, you know, things that astonished Jesus was always faith and compassion, right? When he would, uh, in what was it in Mark or uh, Matthew 8, when verse 5, when the centurion comes to him and says, my servant's sick, it goes on to say, you know, listen, Lord, I don't even want you to come to my house. I know that if you just speak the word, and it says that Jesus was astonished. He was like, wow, this is the greatest faith I've seen in Israel. So faith always moved Jesus as well as tears, you know, compassion. He would weep over a city, you know, or he would go to a multitude and, and he would weep over them. He was moved with compassion, and that's ultimately what still moves God, is compassion toward us. That's what drove him to the cross. That's why he died for us. So I think, you know, this week, obviously, he showed his goodness. I'm not going to go into the whole story. I, I believe most of you probably know the story. He d goes to the tomb after he weeps with Mary and, Mar and the Jews and Martha. He goes to the tomb and he says, take away the stone. And the stone's taken away. And, and even and it's funny because Martha, even after all that he's done for her, he still she still questions. He's like, listen, he stinks. He's been dead for four days. And then Jesus looks up. And he reminds Martha first, he says, listen, I, I told you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God. And then he looks up and he prays and he says, God, I know you hear me. And I know you always hear me. Uh, but because of the people that are around me, I, I'm i going to pray and I want because I want them to believe that you've sent me. And so Jesus there even shows his need for the Father. And I think it's an interesting application there that if Jesus needed the Father in his daily life, then who do we think we are to say we don't? Uh, why do we skip our devotional time? Why do we stop meeting with God? If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed him, how much more do we need him every day? So then he goes on and it says, and when he had thus spoken, after he had prayed, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, this is verse 44, came bound hand and foot in grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto him, Loose him and let him go. So we see here that Jesus not only was good to, to reward their faith and to, to weep with them that needed to be wept with, but he also showed his, showed his goodness in a real way. And God doesn't only just expect him to come, us to come to him and cry out before him and then to leave us wondering what to do next. God will show our goodness. Um, I, I had, over the summer, I don't know if I'd shared this yet, but over the summer I broke my arm and I was out playing basketball and um, I got tripped somehow and fell on the concrete and broke my radial head. And so for, for months I was out. I couldn't do any work. I was working full-time landscaping at the time. Um, and then all of a sudden, next thing I knew, I was sitting at home on the couch, couldn't go to work. 
couldn't even lift it. Um, they said, don't even lift paper, you know, don't, don't lift anything with it. And I went to physical therapy, started going twice a week, and then it went down to one time a week, and then it went to once every other week. And um, those were some hard times, but I knew that God was up to something, and I knew that He wanted to do something in that situation. And uh, I remember praying and saying, okay, God, there's something you want to do. Uh, but I knew that go, I, I didn't have enough money to go back to school. There was some outstanding debt I had, and I knew I couldn't go back to school because I couldn't work. And so I tried to apply for some jobs, tried at Ace Hardware and tried some other places and just nothing panned out. I guess they weren't looking for a one-armed bandit. Um, but anyway, so as I was praying, I was like, okay, God, I, I need money. I need to come back to school. So I said, God, if you want me to, to come back to school, if that's where you want me to be, then I'm going to need you to provide for me. And he, like on the last day of school, provided all the money I needed to go back. And I was able to, to go back to school. Well, then I had another problem. I was like, well, God, at, at the end of the semester, I'm going to be $5,000 in the hole if, you know, I don't have a job. So I said, God, I need a job. So I was praying, okay, God, I need a job. Well, all of a sudden, around that time, I was praying that. Um, was, this was probably six months ago, five months ago, somewhere around then. I was started to get in a lot of headaches and a lot of um, migraines, really. And I knew something was wrong, and it, it Knocked me out of school for a couple of days, and I was like, I got to figure out what's wrong. And, and then my mom suggested it's probably something to do with your eyes. You should go in. Like, okay. So I went into the eye doctor, and um, I was trying to figure out what in the world was going on. And he looked at my prescription, and he goes, yeah, this is really old prescription. You need a new one. The reason why you're having all these headaches is because your eyes are straining to see everything you need to see. So I go, okay, that makes sense. So we got me a new prescription and then also got some blue light glasses because, you know, in college you're writing a lot of papers, you're constantly looking at screens. I practice my cello off a screen, so, you know, it's there's screens everywhere. And um, as I was sitting there in the in the chair, he said something to me about, you know, have you ever considered working here or work, getting, a, getting a job, more of an office job? I was like, oh, not really. And I guess I really didn't. <laughs> I really wasn't, I didn't have a lot of faith at that time. I really wasn't seeing what God was doing. But then my mom went in to get her eyes checked and she's like, um, the doctor there was like, oh, why don't, why doesn't Mateo come work for me? And my mom was like, okay, yeah, sure. We can do that. And so she kind of made the decision for me there. But uh, as she came home, it's like, you need to go apply. So I went and applied. And within like two days, I was accepted and came in and started working and been working there ever since. And God really provided that. Um, I've been able to start paying off uh, my school debt, and uh, God has God gave me a, a great team to work with, and good people, and Christians, a Christian boss. I've worked for a boss that wasn't Christian. I've worked for Christian bosses. I've worked for all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of good, bad bosses. But uh, God blessed me not only in just giving me a job so I can make money, but giving me a job that I like and a job that um, that pays well, and one that you know the people there are great and they're Christian and they believe you know, the same way I do. And so it's just, God is good, right? And we don't always understand, you know, when I broke my arm and when, when things happened during the summer, I wasn't sure why God was doing what he was doing. And now I can look back and see why he put me through that, right? He wanted to put me on a faith journey. And I believe that the reason why Jesus did what he did in John 11 is because he wanted to put those ladies on a faith journey. And uh, God has a faith journey for all of us. But we have to realize in the midst of that journey that God is good. Often we can get upset. And I believe that you know, the ladies, maybe they weren't upset, but they were questioning God. Okay, hey, if you, why, if you would have been here, right, why weren't you here? 
right? And often that could be our default is saying, God, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? And if we come to God in an attitude of anger, then we've missed the point. We forgot who God is by character. He's good. And he's never going to put us through something that is too much for us. He's never going to do something to hurt us. God is good. And God, that is just by nature who he is, you know, who, who he is and, and what he wants to do. And so uh, I just, I believe that that is an important principle that we have to learn and something that has to be prevalent in our life because I think our first instinct normally is to blame God or blame others, you know, shift the blame. But we have to learn the idea of resting in God and trusting in Him, that He's working all things together for good, number one, and that He's got a plan, right? That the way of God is perfect, right? And that the trials He puts us through, that He wants us to come forth as gold. That's the reason why He, he tries us and the reason why He does what He does. Um, and so this week, if you're struggling, maybe there's something in your life that you don't understand why and you want to ask, you even are tempted to ask God why, um, remember, God is good. What you're going through, your trial is is not, he doesn't put you through that trial because he hates you. He, and it's actually the exact opposite. He's doing it because he wants to put you on a faith journey, which is going to draw you closer to him. And it's going to reveal his character to you. And then I think lastly, the last point of application is now you're going to be able to sympathize. The reason why you go through trials is you'll be able to sympathize. You'll be able to help. You'll be able, you will be able to disciple folks that have went through the same thing. <laughs> Um, there's things that have happened in my life that, um, you know, I, I never, I never, I never understood why God would allow that to happen until I met someone else who struggled with that thing. Now, Alex, and <clears throat> I know you wouldn't mind me sharing this, but Alex, when we met, I found out real quickly that he went through a lot of the same stuff I had went through. And that's what kind of brought us together was the idea that we both had went through some really tough things and God had been good to us and we were able actually able to help each other in ways that I don't believe anyone else would have been able to help me other than him because he, he understood. And in the same way, whatever you're going through right now, if we're so narrow-minded to only look at the present, then we're missing the future and what God wants to do with the trial and with what you're going through. And so let God mold that, that trial. Let God mold you as a person and so that you can help others. Because ultimately, you don't get out of the pit, right? The pit of failure, the pit of trials, just so that you can stare down into the pit and remember what you went through. You do it so that you can reach back down and help someone else out of the pit. And I think that's an important point of application that we have to wrestle with and have to accept, really, is that God doesn't put us through trials just for us. Sometimes it's for others and because he wants to use us to reach others. So that's the truth of the week this week. God is good. And I think if that, that has to be on the forefront of our mind every day. Whenever we do something, whenever we go through something, whenever we see tough situations, we have to remember God is good and God loves us. Uh, so that's the truth of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, stories of healing, testimonies, something you want to share, feel free to email me at highercausepodcast at gmail.com. That's highercausepodcast at gmail.com. And I trust you have a great rest of your week and a great rest of your day. And uh, thank you so much for listening. God bless.